And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created are exploited, we are downtrodden, we are denied not only civil rights but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, You've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Get together, have a few laughs. Welcome to the Iowa Talk, guys. I'm your host, Theo. And I'm your host, TP. And we're bringing you the third installment of MK Ultra. And after going over the script this afternoon of the recording gets even more sinister than it already has been which is hard to believe right yeah i uh, i mentioned in the last episode that it was going to get darker and you know lsd Low wasn't and just behold yeah <laughs> i found some information <laughs> let's continue our deep dive into mk ultra so uh going over some of the doctors and individuals with involved in the programs I brought up a few names, some memorable names to go over. A Mr. Harris Isabel. 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 Yeah, we'll go with Isabel. I-S-B-E-L. Yeah, there's no A Isbel. between the S and the B. Harris Isabel. Soon after launching MK Ultra, Gottlieb came into contact with Harris Isabel. He was the director of research at the Addiction Research Center in Lexington, Kentucky. Officially, it was a hospital for people with drug addictions and operated under the joint authority of the Bureau of Prisons and the Public Health Service and function more like a prison. So this is in the 1950s. This is where you send your, my uncle's a... Under, mentally underdeveloped relatives. Right. Especially right. if... Well, they take this, care of them. This in particular housed any type of addict, heroin addict, dr- any type of drug addict, alcoholic, and stuff like that. And then, yes, the men, less mentally, mentally fortunate. Insane, right. perhaps. And Stephen Kinzer wrote in his book, which we had mentioned earlier, The Poisoner-in-Chief. Sure, yeah. Yeah. In uh, previous episodes, the CIA needed a place to test dangerous and possibly addictive drugs. Isbell had a large number of drug users and no position to complain. And from my understanding, it was in the South. This is in the 50s. They were predominantly black american men that were incarcerated sure although it was a hospital but like i said it was it was a prison from the early 1950s onward the cia shipped lsd with any number of other potentially dangerous narcotics to kentucky to be tested on human guinea pigs guinea pigs Uh, i believe that was the nazi code for jew in their records of what they were doing at concentration camps and stuff oh yeah a fat a fat hog was like a a friar or a father from a monastery or something. Wow. Know? That's terrible. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Well, see, I <laughs> must have liked that. Yeah. So he, uh, 
He drew test subjects from his captive patient population of opiate addicts, offering them heroin in exchange for volunteering for his experiments. That is probably a really good way to get a few people to volunteer for some experiments, you know? Oh, yeah. Hey, man, you want to bang it up? It's uh, one G- of those types of drugs that will, the withdrawals will kill you. So it's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. And back then, you know, it was just straight up old pure heroin, you know? Well, like we mentioned before, old Gottlieb himself thought, you know, we're going after people. No, society doesn't care about them. The undermension, right? Essentially, the American version. There we go. Even though he had a club foot. Sure. He didn't have a club mind. Obviously, he didn't, but it's still, I mean, it's like, dude, you had a disability and you're preying on people with disabilities. You're like one of those Jews who sold out the Jews to the Nazis. Like George Soros. Weird. Anyways. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I think that qualifies, you know, we're not, we're not judges or anything. Right, but in our, but this is just my opinion that you know that does qualify you as a piece of shit. I would absolutely agree. Pardon my French. No, you're pardoned. So, continuing on with this quote from the book, subjects were administrated LSD, DMT, mescaline, methamphetamine, psilocybin, and other drugs, sometimes in very large doses. In one experiment, Isabel administrated. LSD to seven men for 77 consecutive days. Oh, yeah, because seven's a holy number, so let's go with that. Just 77 consecutive days. So I looked up the uh, long-term effects of LSD use. Oh, yeah. From the AmericanAddictionCenters.org. Nice. And uh, I, I would imagine the 77 consecutive days qualifies as long-term use. I, I'm not an expert, but... yeah. Well, especially, I think they were given anywhere from like 25 MCGs to 100 so a dose. daily. Yeah. So some of the long-term effects include persistent psychosis. So just like, oh, like a World War One soldier that was in the trenches and came back home and, you know, had shell shock. Like yeah. F- just freaking out because they got missed. They were missed by... 200 millimeter artillery rounds and shit for hours upon hours on end. Yeah. Meanwhile, killing everybody around them. Let's just give this to them. You know, let's just induce it. Why not? Um, more lasting visual disturbances. No, so I'm sure long, like, so people that don't have the, so people that suffer from that, that when it wasn't induced by LSD yeah. are called schizophrenics. Oh yeah, yeah. And they, the the high functioning schizophrenics ignore them, but once again, they're inducing this over the long term. Paranoia. It's terrible. So they're yeah. Hallucinogen persisting perception disorder, flashbacks or reoccurrences of hallucinogens. Haven't you ever you've heard of that? Right? Oh yeah. Having some sort of somebody that did it a whole bunch of times, having another episode, sometimes more than a year yeah. after. They last used LSD. I know a guy I used to work with who did a bunch when he, back in the 70s when he was a kid. And he said if he pops his neck sometimes and gets a real good one, he'll, he'll have an acid trip for a while. I mean, how do you just work? How do you work like that? I don't know. That's nuts. Anyways. Moving on. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So, yeah. Doctor, obviously they destroyed lives with this 
these experiments. Evan Cameron. Ewan Cameron. Ewan. Ewan. Yeah. I, don't, I I'm not I don't really care. He 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 doesn't deserve to have his first name remembered. Ewan. Evil Cameron. <laughs> In the mid fifties, CIA operatives took note of the work. Really, their torture techniques on involuntary hospitalized patients. That's cute. Mostly women this time. That's uh, cute. Ewan Cameron, president of the American Psychological Association and the Canadian Psychiatric Association. And at the time, he was working at Allen Memorial Hospital in Montreal. Good bologna sandwiches up there right here. Yeah? Yeah. Smoke. Now, with him, you're going to notice a running... What I'm looking for a trend, yes, thank you. Sure. With this uh, profession, this individual's in. Anyways, up in Montreal, which some people might have heard of as the Montreal sleep experiments, Cameron's brutal technique involved a three-stage method in order to, quote, eliminate the will and establish control. That sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. Just like the Nazis were trying to do in Dachau. Just like the Soviets were trying to do in gulags. Right. Weird. Anyways, stage one, mental depatterning is what he called it, quote unquote, which you had to essentially depattern this individual's daily pattern type. You know, do they cross their left hand over their right bicep when they cross their arms or do they cross their right hand over their left bicep? Just anything like that to do. These things that make you you, but he believed he could achieve this through drug-induced coma, massive neuroleptic drug cocktails, induced extended sleep lasting up to 86 days. But Pretty sick. Stage two <laughs> involved extreme high-voltage multi-electroshock treatments. I think that just three makes you times daily. I think that just makes you a psychopath, man. Right. Like, let's put this person in a coma. Let's just, yeah, and shock. And then shock while they, and they can't wake up. Just a sicko. If they do, we'll give them, we'll shoot them up again with whatever. Only a sicko would do that. No, these, this guy, uh, he's a scientist who's helping people. Like I said, he was the president of the American Psychological Association and the Canadian Psychiatric Association. So he was like an international expert. Right. So he's an expert, expert. Yeah. Expert to the nth degree. Yeah, so the electroshock treatments three times daily. Finally, while the person is in an isolated confinement in LSD-altered states of consciousness and deprived of sensory stimulation, adequate food, water, and oxygen. So he's starving them yeah. as well. You're going to fast to make this these drugs take effect immediately. Sure, yeah. Then the victim will be bombarded by psychic driving, is what he called it, quote-unquote. By use of a football helmet clamped to the head with taped messages, so headphones on there, with taped messages playing for hours nonstop, sometimes up to half a million times. And some of these messages were, quote, my mother hates me. He also was put in an insulin coma for 36 days with a, with a recording beside him uh, saying that your mother hates you. 
over and over and over and over and over. That was beside my bed constantly. Repeated between 250,000 and 500,000 times. Up to a half million times. While you were in a drug-induced coma, basically your body's on survival mode. Is this like, you know, just for fun? Just for fun for oh, these no. guys? You'll, you'll find out. You'll find out what the official word was at the end of this program. Oh, I... Yeah. I'm, and, um, I'm familiar with episode, it. Yeah. I'm sure most of you already know. Just to play know, devil's advocate was, here. Yeah. I mean, this was... It was... This was for science. <laughs> uh, I, I said earlier in my comment, science, 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 and science. That's Science really, for sickos. Yeah. And they were getting... All these these guys that we talk about and all these names that come up, they were getting grants from CIA fronts, like we talked about before, like yeah. Scott Lieb had gone around the own country setting up him and his buddies. Multiple CIA fronts. Yes. All over the place. Companies. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy. Anyways, Cameron was looking for techniques that would enable him it would enable him to, as he put it, repattern the individuals. So just repattern them. Yeah. After we do the mental depatterning, we have to now repattern. Change their attitudes and beliefs. It's like a computer, right? There you go. Programming. That's a science. Isn't it crazy that they call television programming? Mm-hmm. Weird. Coincidence. Must be. Patients who came to Cameron for help became his unwitting test subjects. So that's, once again, I mean, this guy's ruined a lot of people's lives. Where they're like, yeah, I'm uh, having trouble sleeping. He's like, oh, I got uh, this good program I can put you through. It's about 70 days. (laughs) But you'll be cured, trust me. (laughs) Cured is something. Oh, my gosh. End up with a lobotomy at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And some of them, I'm sure, did. Yeah, and then go home and destroy your family in the worst way possible. And then when you're up there in Montreal, you know. Minus murder, you know. uh, And when you're up there in Montreal, you can just grab a smoked meat sandwich for lunch and go back to work and go home. Yeah. Hear the food's good up there. So, the CIA had funded and protected Cameron, who carried out these tests, according to a review conducted that conducted decades later these tests had no therapeutic validity whatsoever really quote unquote oh gosh and were even compared to nazi medical atrocities really yeah but uh don't worry i mean this was for science yeah of course so to explain cameron's actions there is no need to consider misguided patriotism or cold war fears as motivations he was simply a sick sadist who used a scientific cover to break and traumatize people. Unless he got but, somewhere but with they, it. they figured out how to break people. So that's, that's one of the objectives. Sure. So, it's valuable. Yeah. You'll find out there's a bunch of, there was a bunch of them all around if the you're country. Sicko. Yeah. And, and Cameron, the CIA, had a psychiatrist conveniently outside the United States who was willing to do terminal experiments in electroshock Sensory deprivation, drug testing, and all of the above combined. Yes, I have no problem doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, too bad he didn't wasn't able to just join the army. Get his service done with before he did all this. Sidney Gottlieb. Oh, 
Yeah, right. Well, who knows? <laughs> Listen to our first episode, folks. <clears throat> who knows what was that our second? Uh, I think we talked. We talked about Sydney on the second one. Sid the kid. Sid the kid. More like uh, the black sorcerer, as he was called. But the human significance of uh, Cameron's dark legacy was brought to, to public attention when nine of his Canadian victims filed lawsuits in the 1980s, 21 years after Cameron's death, which was in 1967. <clears throat> Which is kind of weird, right? Doing all this work for the CIA, then he just woke up dead one day. There you are you with that woke at, up dead again. Look, look into that. Just, I mean, woke up dead says TP. I hate that's not actually what happened, but I mean, <laughs> s- seriously, uh, he was old, so sure. Canadian government dismissed CIA's role as a quote side issue or quote red herring. Of course, they did. That's weird that the Canadian government would do that. Why? Hmm. You know what? I didn't look that up. Uh, I wonder who was in charge in 1967. Of the Canadian government? Yeah. It wasn't Trudeau. No. But his daddy was in politics and stuff. But yeah, no, in the that's 80s. not. Yeah. It was whoever. I'm sure Trudeau's family was working for him on his political chain. I'd have to look Probably. into that. Speculation. Speculation denied. Yeah. Ottawa's Justice Department denied legal responsibility. Offering each victim a measly twenty thousand dollars as nuisance payment. Well, that's kind of them. Here's twenty grand. Yeah, for wrecking your family member. Sorry, that sucks. Yeah, we got proof here that the CIA was involved, but you know, guy's dead. What else do you want us to do? Yeah. Here's some maple syrup. <laughs> Some uh, here's some hockey tickets. Go away. <laughs> so that that yeah, it's pretty sick and disturbing. So to our Canadian brethren up there, it wasn't us, man. It was our government. Yeah. Don't hate us. Now moving on to another gentleman named Doctor. Gentleman, an esteemed gentleman. No, uh, I'm I'm too kind. Another individual. He's not. You can't even call these people men. Well, I'm sure that they went to really nice parties in marble ballrooms with tuxedos on and shit. I like the Stanley Hotel in don't Colorado. You th- don't you think? <laughs> and DC. Yes, yes TP. Yeah, because they're all evil bastards. Yeah. All right. Cut that out. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. All right. So, Dr. George... Esther Brooks, a Harvard University graduate, Rhodes Scholar. That's Oxford. And chairman of psychology at Colgate University in Canada. Another psychologist. Interesting, right? Yes. Yeah, he, he's the only mind control doctor who has publicly acknowledged conducting extensive hypnosis on work at the CIA. On behalf, behalf of, the CIA, of the CIA, FBI, and military intelligence. Mm-hmm. It's nice of him. Yeah. Uh, I also found somewhere that he was a 32nd degree Freemason. Isn't that like Just uh, really high? Because most yeah. people don't ma- make it past like the third degree, do yeah, they? Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Third degree master mason. I don't really know much about him, but, but yeah. other than the buildings are freaking cool. Thirty seconds, pretty high. I think thirty three is the highest degree. Well, and at least like the American one. So he could have been in the Canadian one. I'm not sure. They might have more ranks. I have to look into that. Anyways, in the 1940s, he boasted 
quote, I can hypnotize a man without his knowledge or consent into committing treason against the United States, unquote. Weird, right? He, mm-hmm. igno- he acknowledged yeah. building Manchurian candidates. Remember, like shooting a president or something. Or... Right. Did you kill the president? No, I've not been charged with that. In fact, nobody has said that to me yet. Uh, the first thing I heard about it was when the newspaper reporters in the hall uh, asked me that question. You have been. Nobody said what? Sir? You have been. Nobody said what? Okay, we can't hear you. Okay. Um, shooting a witness to the assassination of the president or shooting a witness. Shooting the assassin of Who the alleged assassin. The president. Of the president of the United States. There is Leon. Or you could help stage a suicide with an electrical cord and somebody shooting themselves in the face with a shotgun or in the back of the head with a shotgun. Wow. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which happens. It does happen, unfortunately. People Sorry get, to be so descriptive. No, but disclaimer, people, disclaimer. Certain places in this country, people get robbed in the middle of the street, with, shot in the back three or four times, and their none wallets, of their stuff taken. Their wallet and their $10,000 watch is still on their wrist. But it was a robbery gone wrong. And they had emails from one of the national committees of a party or a candidate or an office holder or something. Anyways, yeah. We regress. Getting back to Esther Brooks here. He's wrote a few books this guy has. In his book, Spiritism, Esther Brooks describes experiments done to create multiple personalities. Now, I don't know if anybody or if you or Iraq have ever done research into like what it takes to actually like the split personality disorder that people have research to what into what it takes for that for that to inflict upon someone no like extreme trauma this guy claimed to have been able to do it through hypnosis so it's like a byproduct of ptsd basically yeah okay and but Good way usually there's like things. sexual and trauma, trauma involved. Sure. I mean, children. And, well, and it usually starts when they're a child. Would imagine they that have to be with so their brains tra- developing. Yes, they have to be. They get so traumatized that they have a place they can go. Yep, like in Fight Club, when he goes into the cave with the penguin, right? Now keep this going. Remember to breathe, and step forward through the back door of the room. Where does it lead? To your cave. Step forward into your cave. That's right. You're going deeper into your cave. And you're going to find your power animal. Slide. I don't remember that part, but... That's his happy place. Okay. Brad Pitt slaps it out of him. (laughs) Right on. So, he wrote another book, Esther Brooke, 
Esther Brooks wrote another book called Hypnotism, and he states that the creation of experimental multiple personality for operational use in military subjects, whom he refers to as super spies, is ethical because of the demands of war. Man, this guy, I'm sure the CIA loved his ass. Hell yeah, brother. In a place called Armageddon. <laughs> but <laughs> Fucking sick bastard. This, this is quoted from... Ugh! Get this. Get this. So he actually quotes this in his book. In that hypnotism. Quote, war is the end of all law. When we speak of keeping within the rules of the game, we are childish. Because it is not a game and true rules never hold. In the last analysis, any device is justifiable, which enables us to protect ourselves from defeat. Unquote. War is the end of all law. Omega. And That's so, some biblical shit right there. He's not wrong. No, he's not. But to justify him doing this to people... In alleged peacetime? Yeah. Under... For the the for science and for the sake of mankind and humanity, he also stated, "We know that dual and even multiple personality can be both caused and cured by hypnotism. Moreover, the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde combination is a very real one. Once it is established, the key to creating an effective spy or assassin rests." in splitting a man's personality or creating a multiple personality with the aid of hypnotism. This is not science fiction. I have done it. Unquote. That's according to him. Maybe he's just some whack job. Yeah. But maybe it gets even more interesting about this guy. A process which the doctor described as child's play later on in that statement that he had made. Oh, that child's play is splitting a man's personality. Yeah, there you go. It's just child's play. In 1971 article in Science Digest, Estabrooks claimed to have created hypnotic carriers and counterintelligence agents for operational use. And this is a quote out of that 1971 Science Digest article. During World War II, I worked this technique with a vulnerable marine lieutenant i'll call jones i split his personality into jones a and jones b jones a once a normal working marine became entirely different he talked communist doctrine and he meant it he was welcomed enthusiastically by communist cells and was deliberately given a dishonorable discharge by the corps and became a card-carrying party member jones b was the deeper personality Knew all the thoughts of Jones A, was a loyal American, and was imprinted to say nothing during conscious phases. All I had to do was hypnotize the whole man, get in touch with Jones B, the loyal American, and I had a pipeline straight into the communist camp. It worked beautifully. Cool. So, ruin this Marine officer's career. Well, it's probably like Jason Bourne. He volunteered for it. Sure. Not knowing exactly what he was getting into. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Excellent point. Well, doesn't that sound familiar to you, though? As far as what? So there was a young Marine, got discharged out of the Marine Corps, joined the Communist Party, was handing out pamphlets down in New Orleans and places. It does. It does. 
actually uh, paid informant for the FBI as well. Right. Named Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. That's that. That when I read that quote, I was like, no way, man. When I was redoing this research, I'm like, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's exactly who that reminded me of. Interestingly enough, you'll find out later that Jack Ruby may have ran in, had a contact with some MK Ultra agents right before. While he was in jail. Yeah. Before and after he went up and assassinated Lee Harvey, Lee Harvey Oswald, Oswald in a police basement in front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward, Esterbrook did experiments on children as well. Shocker, right? I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's a real shocker. Yeah. He corresponded with FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover about using hypnosis to interrogate juvenile delinquents. So who cares, man? They're just going to grow up to be nobody. criminals and rapists and then, yep. you know, it's Nobody anyways. gives a crap about where they're at right now anyway, you know, so let's just use them. Right. These are the undesirables. Easy ones. It's like, yeah. They're Perfect. already going to be in and out of jail their whole lives. Yeah. I mean, let's just remember they were instructed by Gottlieb. This is one of the, the not necessarily missions, but hey, these are the types of people we want to use. We messed around with some of our own. We really want to do the sick, crazy stuff on the ones that we don't care about. Society doesn't care about, essentially. But his experimentation raises the possibility that he or other investigators might have attempted to create Manchurian candidate children or Manchurian candidates in children. Because, duh, that'd be even easier to smuggle messages around and, or have somebody nobody's going to suspect. Yeah, you could smuggle them in people's minds, too. Nobody's going to suspect uh, a little, you know, girl at a beauty pageant being an assassin or something. <laughs> I don't know. Such a possibility might seem far-fetched until one considers the LSD, biological and radiation experiments conducted on children, which we're going to get into some of that. It's nice. Yeah. And the fact that four MK Ultra sub-projects were on children. Right on. Yeah. The deliberate creation of multiple personalities in children is in a explicitly stated plan in the MK Ultra subproject proposal submitted for funding on May 30, 1961, yeah. according to a CIA, CIA financial, financial document. document. Wow, that's interesting. So I, so, I look at finding Here's this money for these running these tests on these kids. Yeah. So we found out about it. Yeah, I see finding some of the project names was a little hard. I didn't they destroyed a lot of, of paperwork yeah. and whatnot, right? Right. They just know that hey, these were going towards this uh account for some reason. Let's investigate. Turns out a special guest just called in. We have a live caller. Called the Hello? uh talk guy's phone. Hey, you're on air. Who is this? My name's E-Rock. Did I win? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, hey E-Rock. Is this publisher's clearinghouse? No, this is the Iowa Talk Guys. Uh, and you're one of us. 10? Yeah, you're caller 10. Yeah, you win a slap in the nuts. Oh, cool. Next time we see you. Okay. So now that E-Rock has graced us with his presence, we are going to continue on with another doctor. Doctor, doctor, doctor. Loretta Bender. Doctor Loretta Bender. Mind Bender. 
Mind. Ooh, that's a good one. Mind bender. I wonder if that was her nickname. Bender bender. We just gave it to her. Old mind bender. She's a real sick and twisted one. Yeah. So going off what we said there last about uh, old Dr. Esther Brooks and how the CIA had been had four sub projects dedicated to, you know, doing children and not doing children, but involving <laughs> children. I don't well, know. Maybe. We're not, we're not reporting on any. Right. So this Dr. Loretta Bender from early 1940 to 1953, Dr. Loretta Bender, a highly respected child neuropsychiatrist practicing at Bellevue Hospital in New York City, experimented extensively with electroshock therapy on children who had been diagnosed with autistic schizophrenia. In all, it has been reported that Bender administered electroshock therapy to at least 100 children ranging in age from 3 years old to 12 years, with some reports indicating the total may be twice that number. One source reports that, inclusive of Bender's work, electroshock treatment was used on more than 500 children at Bellevue Hospital from 1942 to 1956, and then at Creedmoor State Hospital Children's Service from 1956 to 1969. Bender was a confident and dogmatic woman who bristled at criticism, oftentimes refused to acknowledge reality even when it stood starkly before her. Yeah, they... That's some pretty sick strong, stuff. Especially... Strong woman. Yeah. yeah. Strong independent woman right there. on all those children. Right. Can't do nothing about it, child. So she get, that's how she started off was... Uh, Shocking the shiza out of these children till they shite the bed. Test subjects. And she decided, uh, you know, she didn't care when she was criticized by her peers about like, yo, hey, mind bender. It's pretty sick <laughs> what you're doing to these children. Mind bender. And, and especially at the time, yeah, this is in the 1940s, 1950s, right? Autistic schizophrenia. So that's children that were just basically, if they had autism or mental retardation. Sure. Right? The word was certainly used then. So these poor kids didn't even, I mean. I bet their families just didn't oh. want anything to do with them either. And this is a time, where, yeah, well, unfortunately. Here. And then a lot just of. Just them to this hospital. They'll take good care of them, feed them, and everything. And all of the uh, all the able bodied men, it was easy to go pick them up, too, because all the able bodied men were uh, fighting the war, getting ready to, anyways. Sure. So this was prior. She was doing all this electroshock uh, therapy stuff for these kids prior to MKUltra, because it was from 40 to 53, and MKUltra started yeah. in 53. During the war. Right. Interesting, right? Yeah. The Nazis were doing the same thing at the same time. Crazy. That is super crazy. But I believe the, the, the Germans, the Nazis, started in like the late 30s doing this stuff. Anyways, she must have been reading some great reports coming back. Well, it sounds like she wasn't exactly pleased with the results. Well, yeah. Of her electroshock. <laughs> Turns out therapy. it just made these kids worse. Oh. Weird. Right. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. yeah that says what? What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Apparently, she had privately said to uh, said to one of her friends or somebody that she was seriously disappointed in the after effects and results shown by the subject children. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Indeed, the condition of some of the children appeared to have only worsened. Oh, yeah? Right. By shocking the shit out That's of them? That's weird when you cook their brain inside their skull. Huh. But. Yeah, I know that feeling. My dad used to fucking grab my arm and grab the electric fence. Oh, yeah? So it shocks me and not him, you know? Wow. Growing up. Yeah. Is that, how you, how, is that how you punish you? Oh, my gosh. Iraq. <laughs> I don't think it helped, buddy. Oh, yeah, maybe that's why. That explains a lot, actually. Thank you for being so honest with us. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Let me get into NPR voice right now. Here that was a little dramatic. <laughs> it was... No, not to touch Never mind. Fences, though. All right, here we go. Yeah, anyways. You guys ever catch one? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I pissed on them. Are you one, kidding? One time... Grew up on a ranch at one point in time. Yeah, my uh, aunt and uncle never used to electrify the bottom wire on their horse fence because they didn't need to you know it's a sure. horse fence yeah save a little money on electricity until i guess the neighbor's chickens kept running across there and the dog was getting at them or whatever well one day we were out mud stomping we used to crawl underneath the fence through the pasture to get out to the woods and as i was coming back he had just powered up that bottom wire, so my back was on it. And it, boom, and it hit me, like, right right in the center of the back, dude. And I screamed out and echoed off this hill. And he's, my uncle steps out the side door of the barn, and he's like, guess it's working. <laughs> Anyways, That's yeah, funny. so I feel your ear rock, but, yeah. My dad never went up to that and did that to me as a punishment. No, not as a punishment, just to be a dick. Wow. Nowadays, that's considered child funny. abuse. Yeah, yeah, just to be yeah, funny. funny. That's why they call you E-Rock. The E's for electric. Electric rock. <laughs> right. So, moving on. One six-year-old boy, after being shocked several times, went from being a shy, withdrawn child to active, increasingly aggressive, and violent. From being shocked all the time. Right. That's... Surprising. You need to be able. You need to be more sociable. And then, yeah. And then next thing you know, he's wanting to kill people. Huh? I don't know why. That must have got the CIA's attention. Surprise! Because they're like, oh, that's that's what we want people to do. It's what we need. Yeah, it's who we're looking for. Another, like, like fucking Bane or something. <laughs> oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Molded by it. This is what society is want. We will release them. These are who you have made. You created me. <laughs> Yours is way better. Ask, and you shall receive. This is for the speed of science. <laughs> Anyways... Another child, a seven-year-old girl, following only five electrochalk sessions, had become nearly catatonic. Catatonic. Because of how her brain was fried. Probably, yeah, wherever okay. it was placed at. Imagine know. that. Yeah, now think about today, how we can like scan the brain and see all this damage done, like, especially yeah. veterans with like uh, TBI, traumatic sure brain that, injuries. I'm and sure start. that electric shock does that to a brain. I'm sure if you would scan these brains, you'd probably see similar... Things, yeah. Scar tissue on the brain and shutting down parts of your brain. Anyways, years later, another of Bender's young patients who became 
overly aggressive after about only 20 treatments now grow, grown was convicted in court as a multi-murderer. Others in adulthood reportedly were in and out of trouble in prison for a battery of petty and violent crimes. In a 1954 scientific study of about 50 of Bender's young electroshock patients conducted by two psychologists found that nearly all were worse off after the, quote, therapy, and that some had become suicidal after treatment. Well, they, they found out what happens, so good on them. Yeah, doing the, the yeah. science. Trust the science. But yeah, yeah, trust the science. 20 times, I don't know. If you, if yeah, after, your brain. After you shock somebody 20 times, they want to kill themselves. And uh, other their, people. Or their fa- other people or their family wants to kill them. Yes. One of these. Weird. Okay. One of the children studied in 1954 was the son of well-known writer Jacqueline Susan, author of the best-selling novel Valley of the Dolls. Susan's son, Guy, was diagnosed with autism shortly after birth, and when he was three years old, Dr. Bender convinced Suzanne, her hus- Suzanne and her husband that Guy would be successfully treated with electroshock therapy. Guy returned home from Bender's care, a nearly lifeless child. Susan later told people that Bender had destroyed her son. Guy has been confined to institutions since his treatment. That's pretty wild. Oh, yes. Uh, trust me. These electroshock treatments are very good for your son. Yes. And then came back freaking... It's sad. That's sick, dude. But yeah, continue, please. In 1955 and 1956, Dr. Bender began hearing glowing accounts of the potential of LSD for producing remarkable results in children suffering mental disorders, including autism and schizophrenia. Bender's earlier work with electroshock therapy had brought her into contact with several other prominent physicians who, at the time were covert contractors with the CIA's MK Ultra and Artichoke Projects. All right, now, you might recognize some of these names, okay? We, we've already talked about a few of them, but... And this is right after MK Ultra started up, right? Dr. Harris Isbell. Yeah, already he's on that about list. him. Harold A. Abr- Abramson. Doctor. Dr. Joel Elks. And then name a few. So just, yeah, there's a, there's a few others on there. And I want to hit, who were these folks? It's, it's crazy. And uh, another thing we have here is that a noted allergist who surreptitiously worked for both the U.S. Army and CIA since the late 1940s was the physician Frank Olson. Weird. Oh, we've heard about him before. Yeah. He was taken to see... Shortly before his murder in New York in November 1953. Yeah, we talked about him on the last episode. He was taken to see Abramson. So, that's crazy. Wild, right? Coincidence. Yeah. And Mr. Elks was a close associate of Dr. Abraham Wickler, who worked closely with uh, Dr. Harris Isbell. Hmm. And Elks reportedly worked closely with the CIA, Pentagon, and Britain's MI6 on drug experiments in England and the United States. Far out, dude. Well, man. 
So far out. Perfect. How Austin convenient Powers. that all these people meet up with this woman who just loves torturing mentally disabled children. Sure. Well, she had a lot of res- research in the field, so she was pretty valuable. She had a lot of information that was of value to them. And know? no soul, dude. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Bender attended a conference sponsored by a CIA front group. The Josiah Macy Foundation. The conference focused on LSD research and featured Dr. Harold A. Abramson as a presenter. In 1960, Abramson conducted his own LSD experiments on a group of six children, ranging in age from 5 to 14 years of age. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine being five years old and being psychedelic. Here, kid, you want to... Juice box? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fruits. I'm sure that, yeah. Or lollipop. Here you go. The more you eat, the higher you get. A few short months after the Macy Foundation Conference, Bender was notified that her planned LSD experiments would be partially funded by the Society for the Investigation of Human Ecology, or SIHE, another CIA front group, then located in Forest Hills, New York. The Society was headed by former U.S. Air Force officer James L. Monroe, who had worked on the top-secret psychological warfare and propaganda projects, oversaw about 55 top-secret experiments handwritten by the CIA. These projects involved LSD, ESP, black magic, astrology, psychological warfare, media manipulation, and, you know, among other subjects. Yeah, I was going to dedicate a whole uh, another thing to Monroe, but there's another doctor coming up that we're going to get into in the next episode that is way more interesting than that guy all right yeah he's pretty interesting himself if you ever looked into you know like project monarch other stuff uh he's a very interesting character within this another mind bender fellow mind bender Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so in 1960 bender launched her first experiments with lsd on children Pretty sick, dude. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell they us were, about Theo? They were conducted within the children's unit, Creedmoor State Hospital in Queens, New York. Her initial group of young subjects consisted of 14 children diagnosed schizophrenic, all under the age of 11. Although because of the diagnostic criteria for schizophrenia, autism, and other disorders have changed over the decades, who knows what actual conditions these children really had. I mean... You know, until right. the, until the eighties, somebody with dyslexia was just considered dumb. Right. Oh, you got autism, boy. We're gonna send you to the funny farm. <laughs> I remember watching. Um, <clears throat> you guys ever heard of that movie Eight Seconds about Lane Frost, the bull rider? No. Have you E Rock? No. Well, we're asking E Rock a movie question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, tough. He Hedeman. doesn't listen. He doesn't watch movies. He only listens to music. Anyway, tough. Hedeman, a uh, former world champion bull rider said of him one time on a podcast on YouTube that I saw, you know, yeah, you know, till the 80s, nobody knew what dyslexia was, so he was dyslexic, we figured out, and, but everybody just said he was dumb. He had a strong <laughs> back and a weak mind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's, yeah, I wanted to throw that little tidbit in there because you really don't know, right? Right. Right. What, he get kicked in the head by a bull? 
he actually got gored in the chest by one. That's why they introduced the uh, the vest mm. and bull riding. Lane Lane Frost. Can't play any Garth. I'll definitely take this con- this dang on. In Cheyenne. Weird. That's where he died. Anyways. Bender states she initially gave each of the children 25 micrograms of LSD intramuscularly. So that's even like... You couldn't... You just said lollipop earlier. You couldn't even be fucking nice enough to give these kids a lollipop. You had to inject it into them. Right in the ass so like cheek. Kids, yeah, kids love needles and then they feel like... Well, maybe that was the point. Get them all terrified right up, right at the bat and then... Bad trip. That helps with the trauma, dude. Bad trip. Creating trauma. Yeah, that's why I didn't get fucking vaccinated. <laughs> like needles. Intramuscularly while under continuous observation. It's a boot. She writes, quote, The two oldest boys over 10 years, near or in early puberty, reacted with disturbed, anxious behavior. I bet. Nice. Excellent hmm. observation, lady. Yeah. The oldest and most disturbed received amidal sodium, 150 milligrams, intramuscularly, and returned to his usual behavior. So, oh, cool. So, so we then know. they grabbed hold of him, yeah. held him down, held him down, gave and him then, another boom, shot in his other the, ass cheek. Now the trip's over. Whoa. Both boys were then, if I understand this correct, both boys were then excluded from the experiment. The 12 remaining children were given injections of 25 micrograms of LSD. And then days later, we're each given 100. Their tolerance is going up. We got to dose them up. Yep. Bender's report states, quote, then it was increased gradually to twice and three times a week as to no untoward side effects were noticed. Finally, it was given daily and this continued for six weeks until the time of this report, end quote. Kids were chasing the dragon. They're experiencing the same type of hallucinations and stuff, and it's just, everything's normal. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's a direct quote from her. That's why I kept that in there and get the Thorth out. So, it's really difficult to fathom how intelligent and highly educated these physicians and scientists and psychologists they how they they could partake in such a brutal and uncaring unethical and illegal experiment not just on anybody but human like children yeah of all all people vulnerable children of anybody to be able to take advantage of on the face of the earth you're gonna take sick kids children yeah not and not just yeah i mean but there were some other experiments where they did take healthy kids and did some stuff did they take them out for ice cream afterwards no they just they probably just threw them in a dumpster well they were expired or they would just get set back out into uh society like uh, it said they, they already didn't, they didn't found. quite have crematoriums in the u.s like just for <laughs> well like we already mentioned uh, a lot of benders freaking mind benders uh experiments her victims were just set back out in the population and just started doing crazy stuff right hmm which is right goes right along with the CIA's objectives of what they wanted. Figure out how to break people. Mm-hmm. But they they wanted more. They wanted to learn how, okay, we can break them. We talked about Estherbrook being able to, in Iraq, you missed out on that one. Impossible. The JFK assassination possibly could be linked to MKUltra. So, 
We're going to get in, like I said, Monroe, the Air Force officer, James Monroe. He's a very interesting character. But there's another very interesting character that I want to get into, and I found a lot about him, and I think it's a lot of important details because it's going to lead into further shows we have coming down the future about other things. And we're going to get into that into the next episode. And E-Rock's going to be here from the beginning this time instead of just being a caller in. Turd nugget. Yep. I'm not. This isn't a fan phone in. So, all right, folks. If you like this, please like, follow, subscribe, share, share. and yeah. stay tuned in for the next part. And, and don't forget, check out our uh, social media. We got Twitter at Iowa Talk Guys, at Iowa Talk Guys, and we got our Instagrams up finally. Iowa Talk Guys under dash podcast. Isn't that what that is? That I don't know. One on the bottom. I have no idea. So look for us. Iowa Talk, guys. Or go to our website, which is coming soon. Being built. Stay tuned for part four and our conclusion of MK Ultra. Thanks for tuning in. Iowa Talk, guys. Out. out.